Welcome to the Leap Health in the Workplace podcast. Leap Health empowers individuals and organizations to improve both their physical and mental health. In this podcast, we explore innovative, bespoke, proven health solutions that will improve your personal and professional productivity and happiness. I'm Anna Reddy. Let's get ready to make small steps to Leap Health. So hello, welcome to episode eight. And today is all about marathon training as a mum of three children. And this is just because often as busy parents or busy people, we often think that we can't fit things into our life because we have the perception that there's a standard way of achieving something and that there's only one pathway to follow. So I'm hoping by this short little podcast today, you might get some ideas and I want you to really get it fixed in your head that there's always different ways to achieve something depending on the world that you live in and the environment that you live on live in so marathon training as a mum with three children might actually sound impossible and when I decided to sign up for the Manchester Marathon on the 3rd of April I actually did think that it might be just that it might just be impossible however on reflection and I've saved any of my communication around this marathon until I'd actually completed it. Um, I was really, really pleasantly surprised. So for years and years, I'd said that I would do a, a marathon. Um, I'd done one when I was 20 years old. When I was 30, I planned to do one then, but was trying for my second child, so I didn't. So now was the time to actually put my money where my mouth is and, um, and sign up to do a marathon. I was going to do London Marathon, but then thought the Manchester Marathon was probably a little bit nearer, so a bit more feasible with children. And a saying I always tell my kids is that there's always an easy way around everything. So I kept thinking about that and thinking, yeah, there must be an easy way around this and really focused on enjoying it. So as I said, I'd only done one marathon before, and this was 20 years pre- previous to doing the one that I've just done. So a lot of change to my body, my commitments and my mental attitude over that time. And I think probably like many people, the first thing you do when you sign up to do any kind of challenge, whether it's a marathon, any different challenge, is you Google a training plan. Even when you sign up to do a diet, you you Google a plan and you want a specific plan to follow. And I imagine like other people, when you Google that plan, if it's quite, you know, a tough target, you see that plan and think, oh my gosh, what a commitment, as if I I can fit that into my life and how am I actually going to do that? Because you look at it in isolation as if there's just one size fits all. And this is where in life, whatever we're trying to achieve, we really, really need to fit it into our world and just think, think of the saying, there's always an easy way around everything. So, I'm just going to give you a few top tips and a few things on reflection of training for the marathon that really helped me and really what was the solution to me actually enjoying the experience. Now, I think, as I said, I was a lot older when I did my second marathon, so a lot of change in terms of my mindset, and I think this was probably on my side, and that's why I could really allow myself to have the key goal of just enjoying the whole experience without going for super super fast time and just be more more motivated um, and more focused on enjoying the whole experience and as a devoted mum to my kids and my intention is not to do another one in the near future even if I do another one or not 
I decided to let go of that mum guilt of having a few hours a few weeks before the marathon to do my long run and um, with the vision of actually being a role model to them so that they can see that they can achieve things that are maybe tough for them and um, now in the past lots of people will have seen me out and I've always been an avid pram jogger when my kids were small and um, my youngest now who is three probably um, isn't suitable for pram jogging anymore because it might mean he falls asleep at the wrong time and might lead to havoc at bedtime so this was probably out of the question this time although if you do have really young kids who were still happy to go in the pram I would really really encourage this to any mum because this has been such a game changer for me with what all of my three children being able to just get them out in the pram and jog so what do I do now? Well, I found quite a few good YouTube workouts that I really enjoy and really you know, challenge both my cardiovascular and my um, strength as well. And there are things that could be fit in around the kids. So I often find a 30 minute, 20, 30 minute YouTube that I can fit in in the morning before the school run. And I actually looked at the, the training plan for marathon and realised that probably two or three of those runs per week, the shorter ones, could just be replaced with the YouTube workouts I was doing which meant that I didn't have to be away from the kids and it didn't impact on any extra time in, in my schedule. I also decided that you know jogging on the spot, hill climbers are really just glorified jogs in your front room so there is always more more than one way around everything. And in recent years, I've realised the benefits of resistance training, which I hope people are really, really buying into that now because it does have huge benefits um, and it really does support your bone health and preserve muscle mass. And I've been including these a couple of times a week, you know, 30 minute weights, weight workouts, YouTube ones usually. Um, but I really, really think that this did support me um, during this marathon because obviously with been a little bit older when those aches and pains kicked in uh, later on during the race I'd probably got more muscle muscle mass than I did 20 years previously to support me during those tougher miles at the end when I felt like my legs were about to drop off so I would really really encourage you to implement that within you within your training plan um, and make sure that you do include those weights because they are so so important and um, so as a Busy working mum, it can be so tricky to find the time um, and motivation to get out for midweek runs as well. If you've been working all day and then you've got kids to run around and you've got all different commitments, it's hardly easy to find the motivation to get out, when, particularly when the weather's miserable and, and do that, that midweek run. Um, so this is where social accountability is critical so I'm very fortunate I have a close friend who I've run with for years and years and um, was really reliable and really motivating so I would arrange to meet her midweek for a jog and on those days when you know normally if I was on my own and the weather was raining I'd think no way or if I was tired from long working day and running kids round or kids that had, you know had other demands um, I would probably jib but having made that social accountability to myself, um, I still went because I had that friend there who would not give up and would not, would, who would make me run. Um, admittedly, when I do train with her, I am punching a lot by running with her because she does leave me behind on the hills. But having that person, it's quite inspiring. And I always finish the run feeling like I've pushed myself 
but also a good natter and a good catch up as well. And that was really, really important in terms of helping me get that midweek run. Another um, angle of social accountability was that I signed up to do the marathon with my brother as well. Um, so it was quite good to be able to check in with someone about how you're getting on with your training. Um, and also someone that you're not really competing with either and you both just kind of want each other to do well. Um, and then you can share how you're getting on, what you're struggling with, what maybe you're not struggling with as well. Um, and it also made me comfortable that I had to do the race because I couldn't let him down. So if you are signing up to do something, I would encourage you to maybe sign up with someone else as well. So reflecting on you know, 20 years previous when I did the marathon before, I think my priorities were a lot different. When I was 20, like probably most people that are 20, you don't really prioritize sleep you think you're quite invincible um, and you just train and train and train without you know really realizing the importance of that rest um I myself had a bit of a rude awakening because I suffered with reds which is relative energy deficiency in sport for years and this you know resulted in a long fertility journey to get my children um, and you know probably has had detrimental effects on my long-term health however I had I had managed to recover from the reds um, and reverse reverse some of the complications around that. And along that journey, I've learned so much about key preventative measures to to reds. And along that journey as well, I qualified as a nutritionist, uh, which has had a profound effect on on my life. Um, but one of the most important things is just really allowing yourself to have that rest and make sure that you get adequate sleep so this time around rest and recovery was given just as much if not more prioritization over the actual training um, and I do acknowledge with kids this can be really tricky you don't know what's you know what's ahead one of them's going to come down with an illness or if they're just really going to decide they don't want to sleep that night uh, but my goal was to try and get as, as much sleep as I possibly could so that I could enjoy the whole experience. So if I woke up and I was extremely fatigued or tired, I would actually ask myself, am I actually going to enjoy this? And if the answer was yes, then this was, the if I was going to enjoy it, then that was an indicator that, yeah, go for it. If I was you know, going to get out for five minutes and then enjoy the journey after that, then you go for it. If I wasn't, then it would be an indicator, do this on another day, get more rest and do this on another day so that you actually reap the rewards from your training. So going back to that, following on from the steps that I addressed to avoid reds, I was fueling. And this, again, I don't think I probably addressed correctly when I was 20 years old and naive to the fact the, the way that you need to fuel for such training. And I think often we get told, don't we, when we're training for something like this and people just say to you, you need to put weight on, just eat cakes, just eat loads of cake, eat loads of chocolate, eat loads of junk, just fuel yourself with that. But you really don't have to. You really don't have to replace all them calories that you burn with junk. Focus on nourishing your body. Get Make sure you do get enough calories in for anything that you've burnt. But focus on feeling your body and your mind so that you feel mentally strong as well as physically strong. And just really make sure that you're wise to how many calories you've actually burnt or how much you actually need to replace. Because often people underfuel, under refuel. And this is important to making sure that we progress with our training as well. 
And a mistake I often made in the past was not to include enough healthy fats, which is critical to support our hormonal health amongst any other things. So I made sure that I had plenty of healthy fats, plenty of protein to maintain muscle mass and lots of low GI um, carbs. Or if it was just before I was about to do a run, then I might have some higher carbs then as well. I might also sometimes postpone my healthy fats as well if it was straight after a run because this can delay the speed of the protein reaching your muscles and um, but making sure that over, all the, over the whole course of the day, I was definitely having enough of those healthy fats. So really, you only have to do one long run a week. And I chose to do mine at a weekend because it was just easy with the kids. It meant I could do my run in the morning and then do something nice with them later on. Um, and I only did this for a few weeks prior to the marathon. So in essence, I was probably running twice a week. I was doing my midweek run and then a long run at a weekend. And then in the training plan where they had those shorter runs, I was just replacing those with the YouTube workouts. So here's just a little snapshot of maybe what my routine would be like before I went to do that long run. And I think routine is key to success with anything we really do in life um, but particularly when it comes to our health because often things are habitual and it's having that routine that enables you to stick to it because it takes that thinking time out of what you're doing and it also takes the element of being able to talk yourself out of what you're doing if you've got a routine that is habitual so this is just really a snapshot of what I would have done at the weekend so make sure that I'm waking up not too early making sure I've had a good night's sleep if I was planning on having a drink at the weekend, I would try and avoid this the night before I was doing my long run because obviously you don't want to be dehydrated. Um, and you want to have a good night's sleep because alcohol does interfere with your sleep. I'd have found some podcasts, as people probably know now. I am obsessed with podcasts. I think they're an absolute game changer. And I downloaded one so that I got something that I can look forward to listening when I got out and something that was motivational. First thing you do when you wake up, put your running stuff on because once you've got your running stuff on, you're far more likely to get out for a run if you've got a got, you know, than if you lounge around in pajamas a bit thinking, oh, need to go and get changed, need to go and get changed. Just put your running stuff on straight away. Make sure you've got some hard GI snacks in your pockets or wherever you carry your things as you're running, um, particularly if you're doing it a run for longer than an hour. Under an hour, you probably don't need. Um, to refuel in between but if you are training for longer than an hour then some hard GI snacks again it doesn't have to be junk everyone tells you just sweet sweets it doesn't have to be like that I've I grabbed little boxes of raisins because we always have them in the house for my little boy um but yeah just just find something that suits you you might even want to try the dextrose tablets as well trial stuff that you might actually have during the marathon so that you can know what works for you um, drink plenty of water, important to keep really, really hydrated. Have a healthy breakfast, depending on your body, because everyone's um, body digests at different speeds. But, you know, maybe try and have that breakfast an hour or two, maybe before you before you go for a run um, with that, those low GI carbs in. Uh, make sure you're having good healthy fat and protein. I particularly like to have my breakfast quite soon before I go out for my run. I, seem to digest food quite quickly and um, but everybody is different so some people might feel like they get a bit of a stitch or indigestion if they're having it too soon before they leave the house so something just as simple as maybe porridge with a bit of peanut butter in protein powder it might be maybe eggs or homeopathy breads 
Um, but just make sure you gain a good mixture and make sure that you have it enough to fuel your run. And then, as I said, if just before you go, then you might want to have a high GI snack. But if you're having it a couple of hours before, probably those low GI carbs are about to kick in anyway and give you that fuel that you need. Um, I myself have to have a morning cup of tea. Without this, I am grumpy. Um, but if you do have your caffeine in the morning, try and utilise this to your benefit. So I did always make sure that I left the house within 20 minutes of having my cup of tea so that the caffeine was just about to kick in. So make sure if you are having your caffeine, leave the house within enough time so that you get the benefit of that extra boost from caffeine. However, also be mindful if you are doing longer runs later on during the day, caffeine could interfere with your sleep. So I do always advise people maybe curb your caffeine, stop your caffeine after about two o'clock in the afternoon because you don't want it to impact on your sleep because poor sleep has a massive ripple effect on everything you do. You make poor nutritional choices, you don't move as much, you feel mentally low um, and it can all be down to small little things that you're doing such as having your cup of tea, cup of coffee a little bit too late in the day. So make sure you're getting that time in that. On returning after my long run, I would always try and do a quick stretch, which is something that I admittedly I am not the best at doing. And I've not done this for a long time. So I am constantly trying to up my hands a little bit with this and stretch a little bit more, particularly with age. Um, within 30 minutes, you can leave it a little bit longer. You've probably got a window of up to about you know an hour and a half, two hours max. Um, I'd make sure that I have at least 20 grams of protein, probably more than that after doing such a long run, and some healthy carbs. As I said, I might wait a little bit longer till I add my healthy fat snack because that can interfere with the absorption of the carbs and the protein that you need quickly to um, refuel your muscles. And also, as I said, if it was a long run, I'd make sure I had enough calories during the day to replace what I'd burnt and keep hydrated. Hydration is really, really important. And you don't always realise how much you've lost during that run. And you might also want to hydrate with electrolytes and salts as well because you will have lost that whilst you're sweating. Um, and make sure you have a rest day the next day. Give your body time to rest and recover. And also don't do what I did on one occasion, which probably is the worst post-workout routine possible, which is to go out maybe half an hour later in heels, having a few drinks when you've gone out after, because the next day you will feel horrendous. You've not given your body any time to recover. So stick to stick to the principles I've just told you before and avoid dashing out on a night out in heels. Not advised. <laughs> so beyond the goal to enjoy the whole experience which I've said a few times that was my goal I want to sleep for a bigger reason as well so one of these um was from a little boy so each time I've had a child I've done a race which has kind of made me feel I'm back to being me again really um so you know after both my little girls I did a race after my first one which was when she was three months old actually I did half marathon and then the second one I did a 10k um after having her I'd still not done one after having my third child my son because he had a few more health needs when he was little and just needed mommy's attention a little bit more and then COVID hit and one thing and another um so even though he's three years old I still wanted to do that race which was all about you know 
having that child and doing something for myself. Um, but I also wanted to support other people as well. So I wanted to raise money for Pendleside Hospice and did this through sponsorship. But having this bigger reason gave me a lot more motivation, particularly during those last three miles of the race when my legs felt like I was about 100 years old. Um, it gave me a bigger reason as to why you should keep going and just realising that, yeah, although your legs feel like they're about to drop off, there's people a lot, lot worse than yourself out there. So you've got to just keep going. So that's a little bit about my journey in terms of training and preparing for the marathon, um, which I don't want to be all about myself. I want it to be inspiring to you to realise that whatever goal you want to go for, don't just think there's only one way to get to it. And it's like, you know, as I said, with diet plans, don't just think there's one diet you've got to stick to because everyone's world is different. And often when things are so strict, they're not sustainable. So just remember the phrase, there's always an easy way around everything. So I'm just going to summarise with a few key points as to how you can enjoy the journey as a mummy or as a daddy or as anyone else for that matter who's a busy person, how you can actually enjoy the journey. So just remember, the marathon plan or any plan for that reason is not fixed. So, you know, as I said, if it's easy for you to do a hit at home, that you could replace it with two or three of the shorter ones and you can do your hit workout while the kids are, kids are around you, then do that because that works for you in your lifestyle and that's going to be more sustainable. Get your pre-workout routine in place so that it's habitual. It's all about habit. Even if you're just going out for a walk, if you have a pre-workout routine, you know, if you have stuff in place, your, your waterproof jacket there, your wellies there, you know, if you have those habits in place that you just do before you work out, you're far more likely to go through with that and do it because it's habitual. It takes the thinking time out of things. It takes out that time in your head when you're trying to work yourself out of it. The next one is fuel and hydrate your body and also your mind. So. Often we just think about how we fuel and hydrate our body and people focus on physical image, but really think about fueling your mind as well. Think about the nutrients that you need for a strong mind uh, because without that, you're probably not going to achieve your physical goals because a lot of it is your mindset. So really think about focusing on your brain health and you know, giving your mind those nutrients that you really need. Rest and recharge is extremely important, if not more important than anything else. So make sure that you do prioritize this because if you're not rested and you don't recharge, you're not really going to get the benefits from your training. Next one, make sure make yourself socially accountable to someone. So get some social accountability buddies because it is so easy to talk yourself out of doing something. But if you've made yourself accountable to someone else, you're probably not going to let them down. So make yourself sociably accountable with the right people, not with people that are going to talk you out of it, not with people that will say, okay, we'll have a pint instead of a run. Make yourself sociably accountable to the right people. Uh, the next one is focus on the bigger picture and create a meaning for what you're doing. So you know, make a bigger why, bigger why for why you're doing something, because this will give you the motivation and the focus to keep going when it feels a little bit tough. 
as if you're doing it as a parent or anyone who cares for people, just try and let go of that guilt a few hours a week if you can. It's only a few weeks coming up to the race. Um, and really focus more on making them proud rather than having that guilty feeling for going out and running for a few hours. The next one is include resistance training to protect your bones and long-term um, long-term muscle mass as well. I think resistance training is just as important, if not more with age, than, car- than training for cardiovascular benefits. Because if we've got strong muscles and bones, then this can be the difference between us moving when we're older and not moving when we're older. And there's more and more evidence and data coming out to show the the benefits of this. And particularly for women who are perimenopausal or menopausal or postmenopausal, as estrogen levels drop, it is a lot harder to maintain that muscle mass. So we need to include resistance training. Um, And as I found myself, it was really beneficial, particularly this time around, when those aches and pains, aches and pains were starting to kick in towards the end. I felt like I had a lot more power left in my legs because I probably had more muscle mass than 20 years previously. On that note, around menopause, if you're wanting to learn more about fueling yourself through menopause, perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, you're wanting to address this in your workplace because this is high on the agenda now in workplaces. Women are, you know, going away from the workplace just because they can't handle all the symptoms of menopause and workplaces and not necessarily knowing how to handle it and support them. They're losing key staff who have got built up so much knowledge and are at the peak of their careers if you would like support in terms of addressing this and supporting you around this please do get in touch i have workshops to support this um, and with demonstrated results again it's anna at leaphealth.co.uk so please do get in touch and finally my final point is decide to enjoy it whatever you do you've got to be enjoying it otherwise it's not sustainable life is too short for doing things that you do not enjoy so all in all doing the marathon was actually achievable it was realistic and it was enjoyable and I'm not saying that I'd do it again anytime soon um but I'm 100% glad that I did do it and 100% happy that it was an enjoyable journey and in fact, the final bit I'm going to have to tell you about this is that although I was aiming for four hours because I got in my head that I was quite a bit older than last time I did it and last time I did it in three hours 20, I actually managed to knock a minute off my time and did it in three hours 19. So maybe I'm not that old haggard lady that I actually think I am. Anyway, hope this was useful. If you want to get in touch, if you want any top tips, if you want to tell me about your marathon journey or want any support around this or if you want to improve health in your workplace and want a health workshop in your workplace please do get in touch it's anna at leaphealth.co.uk have a great day and make health contagious and remember there is always an easy way around everything so before you stop listening i want you to think about how you can make health contagious Did anything resonate in the podcast? What did you learn that was new? Did you hear something that you thought someone else would love to hear? If so, please share this podcast. Please leave me a review or please get in touch at anna at leaphealth.co.uk to learn more about how you can improve physical and mental health of individuals and those in the workplace so that everybody can feel happier and healthier and more productive. Thank you.